0: Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast, Empowering Female Leaders, for women who want to thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. I am pleased to welcome today Ritiana Civelli. She's the CEO and founder of ERC International, a leading diversity and inclusion theme-focused executive search, operating today in three countries and servicing clients across 15 markets. She's focusing on bringing more women at leadership levels, boardrooms, as well as bringing more talents from across the Middle East, such as Emiratis, Saudis and Omanis to the workplace. Ritiana, do you want to say a few words about yourself?
1: Um, hi, Ulrike. thank you so much for inviting me. I know it's been, I think a few months trying to get this meeting happening and finally we're here. So I'd like to, you know, especially thank you for your patience and for being very kind to invite me to your space. So yes, my name is Ritiana and I set up this business six years ago. Initially, the intention was to focus on uh, placing more Emiratis in the workplace uh, over here in UAE. At least this was the very original thought. As we started to grow, we understood that the need you know, across the GCC in alignment with the strategies that was coming from the government leadership level was to push for more GCC nationals into workplaces and companies. So this is something that we started doing and supporting our clients, be those governments, semi-government, or private sectors in getting more diversity around the GCC nationals. Now, in addition to that, or I would say as part of this exercise, we also understood that many of the placements that we were handling were females. And that was probably not a coincidence. Uh, We understood that they were easier sometimes to communicate, to deal with. Granted that there is a lot of challenges when it comes to sometimes cultural and family values that need to be taken into account. I'll still say that um, amongst the GCC women, there is, a, there is a driving force that wants them to succeed, right? And so the efforts in trying to mirror that is much bigger than sometimes in the male counterparties, right? Also because they believe that this is the only chance they are given, and they want to ensure that they can succeed in this opportunity. So because of this, we started looking more into the gender and creating gender bias norms in the industry gradually. And not only in the GCC, but also we deal with a lot of emerging markets. We want to expand in Asia, in Africa. We see this being a challenge across boards. So it is not a um, phenomenon which is focused in the region only, but it's spread all over. And uh, in a way, we are happy that all this, all of this has come at the right time with a lot of movements happening on a global scale. So this is something that I think we, we are at the right place. We are at the right time. We just hope to see more of it happening on the practicality of it because as we have seen, sometimes desires to reach somewhere comes with a lot of efforts and time allocation as well, right? So if we are going to have to see real changes, it's going to take time. So yes, the intentions are there, the intentions are good, but we just want to make sure and ensure that it is going to happen. And that, uh, you know, we are getting the right support, be that by business leaders or governments alike. And I don't mean just a CRC, but across board, you know, for all the players, all the stakeholders that are trying to make a change or bring the change to enabling more women or more diversity in the workplace. And I think this is really interesting to hear, especially for
0: people who are not living in the UAE or in the Middle East, that these initiatives are ongoing and that they are serious and that it's really about bringing in more diversity because... They understood that it's really, really important to have different perspectives and to bring in the whole intelligence of the entire potential workforce that they have in their country. So I think it's a really good move. And and I think it's an interesting area. as It's a very dynamic region in the world.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I do think that a lot of changes are coming through. We've seen that in Saudi Arabia. Thanks to the change of the leadership, we have seen positive moves in terms of engaging more women in workplace, giving them more freedom to operate. We've seen this, you know, in UAE where it's coming from straight up from the leadership when it comes to employment of women, when it comes to employment of women in government positions. So you have today more women than you have men in the government sector. And I think this is all positive, which means that times are gone where women were perceived as being housewives, There is nothing of course wrong with choosing to be a housewife. It's a personal choice, I believe. However, a woman needs to be educated and she should be given the option to choose what she chooses to do with her life at the end. And I think this is what we're trying, whoever is involved in this ecosystem. We want to create opportunities, right? At the end of the day, it's up to the individual what they want to do with those opportunities that they are given. Exactly. And that brings me to
0: my next question, because the opportunities that they are given is sometimes also hard to take in. So what are the challenges that they face once they have been placed in this leadership position? What is happening then? Is it easy for them to integrate or what are the main challenges? that Mm -hmm.
1: Companies and different stakeholders are creating these opportunities of like engaging more women. At the leadership level, the irony of it all is that at times the mechanism for inclusion may not be in place, right? Which sometimes tends to, I think, allow women to leave after some time. If they decide to stay, then it becomes more of an ego process because you try to compare yourself to your male counterparties. And in that process, you also start becoming kind of the same, the same mentality, right? And the whole point of engaging more women is to bring a diversified mindset. We do not want to become like men, right? And likewise, men should not want to become like us. We are there to create more of a difference. We are there to create more of a different mindset or different knowledge. And this is why we want to be brought to the workplace because a combined or a defined diversified workplace will, will mean that even for the stakeholders perspective, there'll be more output or more productivity or better results. So this is what we are there to do. If we try and align, then we are not solving the problem. Yeah, I
0: agree. That is exactly what I think as well. And I think this is why female leadership is still one of the biggest untapped potentials because even if numbers are kind of looking right if women then think that they have to behave like men think like men make decisions like men we have no diversity because they just try to adapt to different systems I see this also in Europe not, not maybe to the same extent difficult to compare basically, yeah. but yes I see it also in Europe and I did it myself even I was also trying to fit in to not take the decisions in the way that I would have taken in all of them. Sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. And I think every opportunity where a woman does not follow her own instinct or her own opinion and her own perspective of yeah, speaking up for the things that she thinks is right, we lose the opportunity. And we are just thinking that we create a diversity and inclusion. But at the end, we are creating just a lot of people who try to fit in and who lose themselves over time, which is also not very Pleasant.
1: 100%. And I think this is why to understand DI, it's a parallel process. So it's not just about um, diversifying it. You also need to have the right parameters and uh, mechanisms in place and tools to include these people, right? To include them and to accept also their diversified or diverse point of views because they are brought on board exactly for that to bring a change, right? A positive change. So as such, they need to be allowed not to conform. So yes, I, I truly believe that the two have to go hand in hand together. You can't do one without the other, otherwise it will be counterproductive. You can create as much as, as you would like, or as you wish diversity, but at the end, if you do not include these people, then they will leave or they'll try to become part of the system and there'll be no change there. What mechanisms have you seen that
0: were in place to help them to integrate correctly?
1: So I think the different organizations have different ways of assessing it. And some organizations are very tough, I would say, in how they follow the protocol of inclusion. But some of the things that I would probably rate is creating the sponsorship program, whereby A female leader needs to have a male sponsor within the organization, which will help them with the way towards their career path and career goals for the next move. But that also will also help them in being associated or in being kind of showcased around to other men. At the end of the day, you know, diversity is not so much about trying to push the females in. It's also to change the mentality of how men accept promote and treat the female part as an equal right so this has to happen and it has to happen within an organization where the voice of a female leader matters just as much as the voice of a male leader and people are not leaving or subordinates are not leaving positions because now they have to face a female leader and we've also seen this happening so you want to be well received and for that you do need that environment or ecosystem that will promote you that regardless of your gender you your voice will still be heard is this something that is led mostly from the
0: top of an organization or is it happening rather bottom-up how do you see
1: that so i think from the top down there's a lot of good desires and a lot of good initiatives that are coming through. But I think from the bottom up is where things I feel get stuck. So somewhere in the funnels, this is where the issues are rising. If you look at the big corporates or publicly listed companies, they have to meet their own numbers, I mean d quotas that they have to disclose to shareholders, a lot of it does impact their sometimes even stock market performance where investors are taking seriously how the barometer of DE&I is happening and you know how importance an organization is giving so I think there's a lot of pressure that is coming from the top down however from the bottom up I think the systems are still not channeled in the right way because this is where I feel the, the issues are and of course sometimes it's about the experience right So the candidate experience, so unfortunately the experience is not from the leadership, not always, right? It comes from mid-managerial levels onwards. And, And I think this is where sometimes the problems or the issues when trying to place female candidates, you know, start from. Do you think
0: that middle managers, for example, who are men in the GCC in this region, as it's a very competitive environment there, I think it's more competitive than what we see in organizations in Europe, for example. Do you think that this competition that is out there, that men see women arising now coming in as additional competitors and see them as a real threat, and this is why they push back on this?
1: At times, we also feel that a certain position is not able to be filled. Like for example, we had a case of a multinational entity looking for a BD person, but more on a director level side, but without would probably think uh, or place as a senior manager for BD, but doing oil and gas in Saudi, so a Saudi female. It was not easy to find because obviously there's not many women in that industry and there's even fewer women of Saudi national that are doing that. So sometimes it's like, okay, we want this, but we also know that maybe we are not gonna find this. So are we doing this exercise to tick boxes and to say that, hey, we tried, but really we can't do, or are we actually really believing that we are doing that exercise because we might find something that may not be exactly perfectly fit, but we're willing to actually train and reskill this person to fit into the role, maybe in a six months time. Right? Mm-hmm. This is this is the part that I am sometimes. I don't know what they are thinking when the org chart is getting prepared, and how do they want to do it? How do they want to include these people ultimately into the workplace? But I do believe that there is room to to do all this. It's just that maybe. The way to do it, it will be a little bit different, right? will be coming from a place of compromise with the option of obviously training these people and ensuring that they are up to the game in six months time or a year's time, right? Like preparing the training roadmap, but they may not be there right away. And it's just about accepting sometimes of what can be done and what can be done.
0: It's a really different view on the whole situation and then what uh, some of our listeners are most likely used to, yeah, where they see that not in all areas you find enough women for leadership positions indeed. So there are still some, how to say, stereotypes out there in terms of also what women ch- have chosen as studies. Today, I think it's different when you look into the universities. It's much more, yes, also go much more into the tech area, for example, or into finance, typically two areas where you don't see a lot of women. But yes, things start to change and I think it's interesting to address the topic as it is today of those who are already like ready to go on the market, yes. different ages and how they can just take on this position. Do you see sometimes when you hire them or when you when you speak to a future candidate for a top leadership position? Do you see a lot of self-doubts from her uh, perspective? You know, when you tell her that's the position, do you see that they are hesitating, not being willing to take on a bigger challenge because they think, oh, that's dangerous, I might fail?
1: I think the females historically have been more prone to taking a back seat. So the confidence level may not all be there. I think with the social media with the ability to access digitalization and accessibility to information so on, you see more and more women coming forth. But historically, yes, you tend to see more of a reluctance. Women are not as open as men are to demand what should be rightfully their piece. So this comes also when they ask for, I'll say, a pay rise, when they ask for uh, promotion, when they ask for uh, a look location change or what, a relocation, whatever. So it's, yes, you tend to see this across board, but of course it's not with every woman out there.
0: Yeah, we're all different. So some are, some are a little bit less. How do you encourage them to go for the position if they're hesitating?
1: I think this is an ongoing process. Sometimes, you know, you keep it up to them to think it through, to run the, the pros and cons. Since we are here to identify the people. It's not so much down to us in what we can uplift uh, their skill set or their uh, confidence level, but it's something that we will bear with them uh, to see if they change their minds, to see if, you know, if any circumstances around them has changed, and will make them more eager to give it a shot. But ultimately there's not much we can do. So either they feel that they're up to the game or they're not.
0: They need to do some inner work probably about themselves to just have the confidence to get there. Do you see often that women refuse to take on a position even if they have
1: all the qualifications for it? So I think that it does happen at times. Women also come from a place of safety. So they always want to play it safe. Now, of course, not every woman is alike. There are risk takers, so to speak, right? up to a new challenge, they want to try out a new opportunity. But in general, I think women more than men look at things from a comfort zone and what they are familiar with and what they are comfortable with. And especially more so when the women are the bread earners in the families. So that tendency to take up a new challenge may not often be as much as you'd like it to be. In this part of the world, also, it does come from a place of let's consult with the husband or, you know, would that be a good idea? So it may not be um, solely your own decision, but it's a kind of a family decision on behalf of your career. They have to take into consideration quite
0: a few different elements that some women uh, that I know do not have to take into consideration, or at least they can much easier detach from what their family expects from them or what their husband expects from them or especially what the parents expect. It's hard enough in Western cultures and I can imagine that in the Middle East it is even more difficult because you're just much more included into this whole family setup. So what would you tell a woman who wants to have a good career in the Middle East, in the GCC countries where you are operating or in the emerging markets, what would you tell her Let's suppose she has the qualifications for it and everything, but is kind of feeling with unsecure of how assertive she can be. Can I go out and really claim the position that I want? Would you recommend to a woman who is ambitious, but who is hesitating to stand up for it?
1: I think I'll start from a place where the landscape of employment in, I'll say, UAE, which is very different to the rest of GCC, right, has changed largely in the past 20 years. I mean, I've been here for the last 16 years. So, definitely, I can assure you that there's a lot more professional women today in UAE than there's ever, ever been, right? Which only means one thing it's a place that attracts talents, regardless of the gender. And this is a positive thing, right? Now, so the upside of coming to the Middle East, I think, for any woman that wants to make a career out of it, is that there is a meritocracy system, right? And like in some parts of Europe where maybe, like let's take the example of Italy, that it's not easy to penetrate and climb up the career ladder. It will be a lot easier over here than actually it will be in Italy. And I don't know whether that's cultural or whether that's you know traditional or whether that's how it's always been perceived, but in general, I don't think that any woman should shy from trying it out. Like anything else, of course, rising up to the top is a very challenging road and the road to success doesn't come with many sacrifices, but if someone is willing and wants to push their boundaries and see what they can actually produce and make it their life mission, then I don't think that Middle East would not be a a good place for them. I think the chances are here, but again, let's try to define Middle East here because in not every country is the same, right? But I think in UAE, definitely the opportunity is there provided that the chances to make it work from your end will be there. So at the end of the day, it's a give and take process. And I think there are a lot of possibilities
0: and we, women, men alike, by the way, human beings have just to take them on and believe in ourselves and step beyond some inner barriers and limitations and self-doubts and just trust in our competencies and go for it. And if we don't have all the competencies, so what? We learn the rest.
1: Exactly. And look, I think in today's post-COVID situation, the only thing we know is that whatever we knew may may not apply today, right? So we are on a forever journey of reskilling ourselves. So even if we don't have the competencies 100%, which again, in today's world demands, we may not probably have them. But that's okay for as long as we believe in the process and we believe that we are able and are willing to participate in self-development. If that is there and you understand that you are forever going to self develop, it will be on par with what these markets' demands are.
0: Do you want to get free access to my ebook, Top 10 Achievers Lessons? To get your free ebook, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Then send me a screenshot of your review to my email address, contact at ulricaseminati.com. And I will send you your ebook straight away. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I'm excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.